0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a couple of local Canadian food grains bank projects and find out how seeding is coming along. Also, we'll catch up with clean farms. And up first in today's country comment, Brandon Suris MP Larry McGuire will stop by to chat about Bill C208. latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes the time now is 12 o'clock here's a look at our local news good afternoon you're listening to the manitoba farm journal brandon turris mp larry mcguire's private members bill c208 has passed third reading in parliament and has now been sent to the senate
1: it's a big step forward for agriculture fisheries and every small business in canada uh cory that's in a nutshell what uh what this bill uh, deals with it allows the family transfer of a small business and there's a deemed definition of that in canada for qualifying uh small businesses to be able to transfer directly to their own family members sons or daughters grandchildren without a penalty in the tax system
0: yeah and i guess you know the the way things are are currently i guess just talk about how that um uh, makes a difficult decision for uh, for retiring farmers.
1: Well, what Bill C-208 does is level the playing field in those transfers. Right now, if you sell to a complete stranger, you get to take advantage of the capital gains exemption that is there from selling your, your qualifying small business. And so there's a much lower tax rate, around 13 or 14%. Uh, and if you uh, sell to a... Uh, Uh, family member, a direct son, daughter, grandchild, it's deemed a dividend, the profits from that sale, and therefore taxed at a much higher rate, say, like 44%, is some of the examples that we've used. And we've had... uh, Uh, this go through the Senate, through the, uh, through Parliament, it went through the committee work and we had, uh, chartered accountants come and speak to the, uh, need for this, uh, and many other, uh, businesses, uh, in Canada, including the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Canadian Federation of Agriculture, and all the farm groups basically on the prairies as well. Fishing operations and, uh, Life Underwriters Association, Insurance Brokers Association of Canada, Montreal Board of Trade, it goes on and on and on, the, the people that are backing this, because they can see how right now it's unfair, and all Bill C-208 does is level the playing field.
0: Were you surprised at all at how the vote uh, went?
1: Well, I was very pleased with the vote. All the opposition parties, this isn't the first time this bill has come before the House. And in fact, it came in exact the exact same wording. I looked at the Parliamentary Budget Officer and uh, and the Library of Parliament to see if we needed to make am- any uh, amendments and changes to it before I decided to bring it forward uh, after the 19 election. Uh, and uh, they indicated that it was worded specifically the way it is to make sure that it dealt with... Concerns of those who didn't want to see the bill go forward, and there, so there's safeguards built into the bill as well. And, um, and so, um, no, we, uh, uh, all of the opposition parties are in favor of it. And yesterday, in the end, uh, 19 liberals voted for it as well, which is, I think, when we passed it at second reading, there was only there was two liberals voted for it. Uh, but everybody has small businesses in their in their writings in Canada. All 338 of us. And so I think it's uh, it's way beyond uh, a partisan issue. This is just something that needs to be um, done with our tax system to make it uh, a level playing field. And it's not to uh, the detriment of anyone. And it's, it also is uh, uh, supporting these funds staying in our smaller communities and even our cities uh, because people aren't going to move too far away from from a business that they've built over their lifetime, if they uh, have family members that are taking it over.
0: Anything else to add?
1: I think that the uh, uh, the message is just that this is a, uh, a leveling of the playing field, and there are safeguards built into the bill. And uh, uh, and uh, it, you know, from that end of it, it, it really does um, just level the playing field, and we're uh, very pleased to be able to have the support of members of parliament. It did pass a third reading yesterday in the House of Commons, and now it will go to the Senate, and we're hoping that it will go through before uh, an election is called in a minority government situation. We don't know when that will be, but if there is an election before this gets passed in the Senate, then it uh, all of the private members' bills would be uh, negated at that point and uh, and have to start over in a new parliament. So we uh, we hope that there's an opportunity here to be able to get this through the Senate uh, this summer and uh, or before our summer recess at the end of June. And uh, and small businesses can begin. Uh, I guess the best way of putting it is allowing their family members to take over the business with the same as that uh, as if they sold it to a complete stranger.
0: That was Brandon Suris MP Larry McGuire chatting about Bill C-208. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. The Kansas City Southern Railway has chosen to merge with CN Rail over CP. CN's proposal offers KCS shareholders $325 per common share based on Wednesday's closing price of CN shares, which implies a total enterprise value of $33.6 billion, including the assumption of approximately $3.8 billion of KCS debt. The Flax Council of Canada has been working on a new business plan. Wayne Thompson is the group's CEO.
2: We're working on our new business plan that focuses on market access issues uh, to maintain the trade with the world and our customers we have, and new customers that we're going to have to seek out as we continue to grow more flax and diversify our markets.
0: Stats Canada estimates put Western Canada's seeded flax acres for this year at 981,500, with Manitoba production expected to be around 107,000 acres. And on Wednesday, Brandon Suris MP Larry Maguire's private member's bill to lower taxes on family farm business transfers passed third reading in Parliament and has now been sent to the Senate. Maguire commented on the bill. It's
1: a big step forward for agriculture, fisheries and every small business in Canada. It allows the family transfer of a small business and there's a deemed definition of that in Canada." for qualifying uh, small businesses to be able to transfer directly to their own family members, sons or daughters, grandchildren, without a penalty in the tax system.
0: Bill C-208 received bipartisan support, with 199 MPs voting in favour and 128 against. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Knut. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Friday... May 14th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen-Vosser will chat with Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Saskatchewan announced plans in the provincial budget to open four new international trade offices. Earlier this week, they announced those offices would be located in London, Dubai, Mexico City and Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Glenda Lee allen Wasser caught up to Agriculture Minister David Merritt in Saskatchewan to talk about the locations and what that could mean for the province's egg sector.
3: David, let's take a look at each of the locations and talk to us about the opportunities that you
0: see. We'll start things off with London.
4: We felt this was very important. Obviously, you know, with the uh, European trade, the CETA agreement, uh, you know, coming into effect and also London is, you know, the, the financial capital of the world, one of the financial capitals of the world which really obviously will also help with investment attraction as well and opportunities there. But London is obviously a major uh, thoroughfare for the whole uh, European community as well. Dubai? Dubai, we're seeing, is becoming a, a, big, um, a big importer of Saskatchewan grains in all, in all sides of it, whether it's pulse or whether it's canola and, and, and wheat as well. So we're seeing this as a, as a huge growth opportunity. Dubai is a leading export uh, country within that whole Mediterranean region, and obviously, you know, it has an impact on uh, European countries, but also uh, uh, South American countries as well, and even into, uh, you know, Pakistan, uh, India, and even to to some degree into China. So we see a great opportunity to grow. I, I was there; uh, we can see that the that the companies there are building. Uh, their facilities to accommodate this growth and we felt it was important for us to have a presence there to help obviously our business community grow business there but also uh, opportunity for investment attraction uh, here in the province of Saskatchewan.
0: Mexico City?
4: Mexico has been a real uh, uh, a real boost to uh, Saskatchewan uh, exports there. It's one of our largest uh, exporting countries. And Mexico City is the hub for the whole Latin American uh, region. And uh, we see huge opportunity not only in the grain side there as well, but also in the livestock side as well. We're seeing uh, huge interest from the livestock sector in Mexico in looking at uh, at what's happening here in our livestock sector as far as breeding and, and things like that. So it's important for us to have that presence into that uh, Latin American region. And Mexico City obviously was a, was a great place to start.
3: And Ho Chi Minh City.
4: It's a a very uh, aggressive city. We see opportunity in that whole region when we see the um, growth of the youth in that area and their eating habits changing. But we're seeing a a significant increase in not only canola and canola meal, but also in the pulse side. We're seeing uh, also a significant increase there as well. So we see a huge opportunity for uh, growth there. And just to be able to uh, have people on the ground to really uh, bring forward Saskatchewan and what they have to offer, I think is important for us to to have that presence there. But will obviously give us a, a good foothold on a, a very significant region with a, with a great population as well.
0: We know that Ottawa has international offices. Why
3: is it so important that Saskatchewan open offices as well?
4: The federal governments are there, but they're looking at all jurisdictions and, and every entity. We want to be able to really uh, narrow down and define what Saskatchewan has to offer in the way of manufacturing, obviously, mining as well, but and agriculture is obviously uh, a big part of that. So we're just seeing this as an opportunity for us to tell our story, the Saskatchewan story, and what Saskatchewan has to offer, not only these countries, but companies within these uh, countries. To be able to do business, and also for the companies here in the province of Saskatchewan to give them, I guess, uh, you know, a landing spot when they go there to to be able to meet with companies and to meet with stakeholders uh, on a you know on a familiar ground, which would be uh, you know our Saskatchewan offices, that they could uh, obviously conduct business and hopefully grow their business as well.
0: I've been talking with Provincial Agriculture Minister David Merritt for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. Joining us now is Shane Hederson with Clean Farms to talk about the group's annual report for 2020.
5: 2020 was actually a great year for for Clean Farms and all of our programs, uh, despite the fact that, that, you know, uh, on everybody's mind is this uh, global pandemic that we're in the midst of. And, you know, we've seen collection numbers across all of our programs, um, you know, on par with, with what we saw in 2019 or exceeding in, in a lot of cases. So, you know, what it really went to show us is that uh, farmers, even, you know, with the global pandemic and everything else happening, um, you know, in the in the farm world, that you know environmental responsibility and managing these these products uh, you know has remained top of mind for for growers across the country
0: and yeah, talk a little bit about uh, some of the items that you collect and um, also if you if you have any numbers there.
5: Yeah, well, uh, if you have the chance, I definitely encourage you to go to our website and and look at our annual report to get some of the details. We've got a lot of different programs that are operating and it's a a very different world, you know, today than even five years ago. But our two, uh, you know, main programs that most, uh, most growers would, would know are the, the uh, small empty pesticide and fertilizer container collection program. So those are those 10 liter jugs uh, all the way up to the empty uh, drums and totes that they get from their their ag retailers. And, uh, you know, last year for the the, the jugged collection program, we collected over five and a half million of those containers across the country, pesticide and fertilizer containers. Um, and that was pretty much on par with what we saw in 2019. But, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest achievements uh, that I would point out is that for that, that program, we saw our collection rates jump from about 65 percent to uh, about 71% over the course of last year. Now, that's a three-year average collection rate. We like to use a three-year rolling average just to make sure that we take into consideration some of the annual differences in in the collection season. But we're starting to see that needle really move in terms of how many containers we're getting back from the the farm, which is very promising. Yeah, on top of that, we saw, you know, over 62,000 drums and totes collected uh, across the country. Uh, those are non-deposit drums, and totes, the ones that can't be refilled and, and have a deposit associated with them. So what we're seeing, you know, that represents about 50% of everything that's sold into the market. It's a relatively new program, so it's still uh, it's still growing, but we're seeing incredible numbers, and, uh, you know, it just means growers are, are bringing these things back to their, their ag retail, and they want them to be recycled.
0: Yeah, and I guess, what, what are some of the um, other items that you collect there?
5: Yeah, so aside from the uh, empty pesticide and fertilizer containers, we also have a permanent program, uh, province wide for, uh, empty grain bags, uh, in Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, that, that has been in place since 2018 is when we started the, the permanent program. And in two years, we've seen tonnages double, uh, tonnages returned. So, you know, last year we had, uh, over 2,500 tons of grain bags returned, which represents uh, in and around the 60% range, 59% of all the growers that are, are surveyed um, say that they recycle their grain bags. So we're seeing that program uh, grow, and 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 um, you know the, the the tonnages of plastic just increase year over year. And, and in two years, having those those tonnages double is uh, is a real testament
0: to uh, to what. Farmers are, are willing to do. That was Shane Hederson with Clean Farms. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the desk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knut. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food is hosting an egg chat, May 24th. Visit the MWAF website for details. Manitoba Pork is offering an online workshop entitled "What Can Biosecurity Software Offer My Farm?" on Tuesday, May 25th at 1:30 p.m. Go to the Manitoba Pork website. 4-H Manitoba is hosting a video contest on now until the end of May. The contest gives Manitoba members and clubs a chance to showcase what they're doing this year. Visit the 4-H Manitoba website to register. For more details, and Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, we check in now with a couple of Canadian food grains bank grow projects. Isaac Fraze is part of the Chum project near Rosenfeld, Manitoba.
6: That's already seated. We uh, had uh, Elmer Friesen from Altona uh, seated that for us on April 10th, I believe that was it. A- Saturday, right? He seeded up for us uh, uh, between between uh, Co-op and uh, and T.J. Chemical. We had some really good uh, uh, donation and good deals on fertilizer and applications and stuff. And um, yeah, so the whole thing went in. George Eastberg did a lot of organizing on a Friday and uh, managed to get most of it together uh, by the end of Saturday. We had we had that field done.
0: And that was was that wheat you said, or?
6: That was weak, yeah.
0: yeah. How many people are involved in that uh project? Uh the on the committee
6: we are uh eight people. But there's always way more people involved because there's uh, that are not in the committee. They just uh we get so much support from so many different areas, be it cash, be it fertilizer, be it seed. Our seed this year came from um uh Lloyd Weeb, uh, in the Altona area there. L D. Seeds, I think. He he donated the seed and so uh our help comes from so many different places uh, between feeding and uh, and harvest.
0: How many years has this been going on, uh, the the Chum Project?
6: I believe it was 1998 was our first year, 23, 24, 23 years.
0: Whereabouts is the field located?
6: Uh, from Rosenfeld. It is uh, two miles south and one mile uh,
0: east. You know, with COVID and stuff, I guess you guys have sort of, you, you've had to change, I guess, how you're doing those projects as far as, um, I guess, the big group, uh, group gatherings and stuff like that or... Yes, like
6: when we uh, are planning, we've only had one meeting now since November, when the the rules were slightly more more lax. We managed to get one meeting, and outside of that, we've had a Zoom meeting. We've done phone calls and texting and all that. Uh, And so uh, it hasn't been very formal, the whole planning process, but that's okay. It it all came together, and it's it's kind of rewarding.
0: That was Isaac Fraze with the CHUM Canadian Food Grains Bank Growing Project near Rosenfeld. Golden West reporter Barry Lamb also caught up with Ron Cron from the Acres of Hope project.
3: We have one 70 acre field. It's up close to Oak River, which is about 15 miles northwest of Rivers. And yeah, it's wheat. It got seeded uh, two weeks ago, I believe. So yeah, it's uh, it's always great to work together with neighbors. Uh, Especially with COVID now, it's a little more difficult to to have meetings. and uh, work together but uh, yeah we somehow got it uh, figured out just like any of the other projects in manitoba as well so it's great to be a part of it.
0: how does the community come together in way of support producers come out obviously to get the crop in and off but uh, do you get some financial support from uh, agribusiness and, and other supporters
3: yeah we have uh, some regular just personal donors that uh, donate money uh, then we also have uh, companies uh, agribusinesses that donate uh, whether it's seed or fertilizer uh, we have a fuel supplier that donates some fuel every year uh, some custom application uh, spraying and that kind of thing so yeah it's uh, many hands make light work I guess would be the thing that probably best describes it
0: And the field that you put that into uh, same as your home fields you, you need some moisture for, for that as well?
3: Yes yeah uh, yeah. it would definitely, uh, definitely benefit some
0: That was Ron Cron, a farmer near Rivers with the Acres of Hope Canadian Food Grains Bank project. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture's Crop Pest Update says flea beetles are emerging. Striped flea beetles are quite noticeable in some areas. Weed growth has been slow. The report says that when spraying after cool nights or light frost, weeds need to be actively growing to take up herbicide. Weeds should be sprayed when temperatures are 8 to 10 degrees and rising for at least a few hours. The Flax Council of Canada sees a lot of potential for the growth, whether it's for the consumers, livestock or industrial sector. CEO Wayne Thompson says they've been working on a new business plan focused on expanding market opportunities from our current key markets in China, the United States, and the European Union.
2: In the last year, we have uh, had a lot more demand from the European Union. We had a very good quality crop in 2020, and our safety and reputation continues to hold very strong with our European buyers, and the demand has increased there. Uh, in China, the demand is still strong.
0: He notes we continue to have a lot of competition from Kazakhstan and Russia as countries that grow a lot of flax and have easy access to the Chinese market. And Brandon Suris MP Larry Maguire's private member's Bill C-208 has passed third reading in Parliament and has now been sent to the Senate. Maguire says that's good news for family farm business transfers.
1: What Bill C-208 does is level the playing field in those transfers. Right now, if you sell to a complete stranger, you get to take advantage of the capital gains exemption that is there from selling your your qualifying small business. And so there's a much lower tax rate, around 13 or 14 percent. And if you uh, sell to a uh, family member, a direct son, daughter, grandchild, it's deemed a dividend, the profits from that sale, and therefore taxed at a much higher rate, say, like 44 percent, is some of
0: the examples that we've used. Bill C-208 received bipartisan support with 199 MPs voting in favour and 128 against. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's programme. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm programme. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.